Welcome to High Tide, Low Tide, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health and where we share our stories with the knowledge that it could just be the lifeline of hope for someone who is hurting and afraid that they're the only one. I'm your host, Lisa Scanlon, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Just a little reminder here, guys, that we are discussing mental health in this episode, so we may touch on things like suicide or self-harm, which may be a trigger for you. As always, I'll pop resources in the show notes or know that you can call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Okay, guys, welcome back to High Tide, Low Tide. I'm so happy that you are here with me today. And I am very happy that I have my wonderful guest here with me today, Elise. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Excited to be here. Yes, good. I'm glad. Um, And thank you for joining me on a Friday night, end of the week, coming around to record this episode. My pleasure. Great. Okay. So um, we're going to talk through a few different things um, in this episode. So a little bit about your background and sort of your journey with mental health. And then we're going to talk about all the wonderful things that you are doing now. So to start us off, would you like to give us a little bit of um, information about you? Sure. Thanks. I would love to. So yes, my name's Elise. I'm 29. Um, I'm an outdoor guide and the founder of Enliven Outdoor Adventures which is a women's outdoor adventure business here on Ghana land, um, aimed at getting more women and girls outdoors. So experiencing the outdoors for all the benefits to their body, mind, soul and planet. So love I that. really love yeah, what I do. And outside of that, my passions involve anything outdoors, which is probably very stereotypical. <laughs> like, yeah, I've made it my business, but it's also my hobby. So I love kayaking. I love paddleboarding. I love bushwalking. And if I'm not out adventuring in the outdoors and I like the hermit life. I love homemaking <laughs> and just being um, chilled at home and doing nesting things in the house as well. So yeah, a bit of a hermit when I'm not out adventuring. <laughs> so a Friday night in is totally yeah. normal to me. I'm like, this is the best. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, it's also, I think actually now that I think about it, I do love this on a Friday night as well, staying yeah. in after a week of work. The last thing I want to do is have to drive anywhere. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Well, I often work weekends anyway, so I'm like, Friday night, doesn't matter, it's just a night. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, background in hospitality, you'll do the same. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. Cool. So how did we know each other? Do you want to tell the story? Sure. Well, to the best of my knowledge, we know each other because one of our mutual friends came for my, I think it was my first sunrise, like wake up and sup, which is down at paddleboarding um, tour for my business. And I hopefully believe that you saw it on socials Mm -hmm. and went, oh, I want to do that. And then you booked in for you and some of your girlfriends to come for a wake up and sup with my business. So we were, you were a customer, but we were already vibing. (laughs) Like we just met and we're already talking about podcasts that we listen to and manifestation and goal setting and like all these other things. (laughs) Yeah. So it was a good first meeting, even though you were my customer and we were already like vibing as friends, I felt. I know. Yeah. Yeah, Because like one of my friends, is the sister of one of your friends. Yeah. Well, and then obviously you know each other. But I just, like, I believe it's it's a little bit tricky sometimes to make friends as adults. It's not like when you were younger. Like, I mean, it's not like we're old by any means. But like, <laughs> we're not kids. <laughs> yeah, like when you're in school and, you know, you know, when I was working in bars and stuff like that, it's so easy to make new friends. But, you know, as a 
early 30-year-old woman, I find it hard to sort of make those same genuine connections. But I feel very lucky that we have found that in each other. Yeah. Um, you know, and we can talk about our businesses and, you know, like you said, podcasts and all different topics. And I just, um, yeah, I really love that we found each other. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think like I'll speak about my business a bit more later, but mm-hmm. that's what I love about what I do is that it's bringing mm. like-minded women together to connect. So, yeah, it's really cool to see. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Cool. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling really good. Yeah. I'm feeling I've had a bit of a funny week um, away from home and without a car, but that's been kind of fun. It's felt like a little bit of a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> sort of been staying at my mum's and out my brother's and it's been kind of nice getting out and about. And in life more broadly, I'm in a bit of a transition phase, just come out of a long-term relationship and obviously like my, my business is going through a bit of a transition as well with some new products. So it feels like a new chapter starting, which is really exciting. Lots so of like, exciting. Yeah, yeah. some new energy and um, just feeling reborn really. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. I'm loving this energy right now. <laughs> I needed it because I've been feeling flat all week. <laughs> So this is amazing. I'm going to feed off of you right now. Yeah, we can do that. (laughs) Cool. So obviously we're going to talk a little bit about you and um, I guess your path and getting to where you are now. So, I mean, for me, mental health is a spectrum. You know, you can be anywhere from, you know, severely, you know, going through something or you can be very, very happy and, you know, very, very mentally well. So, you know, not everyone gets to the same places as other people. When we look at your past and your path with mental health, how would you describe it? Well, I'm grateful to say that I have never been through like a mental health crisis. Yeah. Um, I've never had what I would call like, you know, severe depression. Yeah. But um, that's not to say that I haven't struggled with my mental health. And as your podcast is called High Tide, Low Tide, I totally resonated with that because I feel like it's perfectly well, not perfectly normal, but it's very common for people to go through those ebbs and flows with their mental health. And I've definitely experienced that. And I think even when you first put this podcast out and I was sort of thinking, oh, well, I'd never be a guest because I don't have like a a crisis point or a personal narrative that's really deep or, you know, traumatic for me to bring up. So then you think, oh, my voice isn't valid. But really, I think all of us are on a journey of finding what, va- what ways we can best manage our own mental health. And um, just like, I haven't had any physical illness that's been really traumatic or, um, you know, disease, but I still tend to my physical health every day. Absolutely. So the same goes for mental health. You know, I've never had a crisis, but that doesn't mean that I don't make active um, decisions around what is best for my mental health. So For sure. Yeah. And interestingly, like, you know, even... You know, I've had those thoughts myself and you've listened to my story and, Mm. you know, I still had that imposter syndrome at the start of making this podcast where I was like, oh, my mental health story isn't bad enough, like, to warrant me hosting the show. So I think that's, like, a very normal type of thing and your journey is not as severe as what mine was but still your mental health journey is still valid and there will be people who are listening who will understand and resonate with what you say so that's why I just feel like everyone's story is valid yeah and everyone's story is worth sharing (laughs) yeah which is perfect that you're here providing this platform oh thank you (laughs) so 
So do you want to tell us um, a little bit about how your, um, you know, your path went or like take us back? Yep. Well, in hindsight now, of course, I have realized that growing up, I had a lot of self-doubt and Mm -hmm. did struggle um, with not ever feeling good enough. And I don't really know where that came from because my parents were always really supportive and encouraging, same as my teachers, my friends. I was a great student. I was like always doing really well in sport and drama and music. And so I don't really know where it came from. It was like some weird internal pressure Mm. that I wasn't good enough. And and then puberty, body consciousness, like poor image. I even remember like writing a letter to my mum about how much I hated my body and I was like 10 years old. And like, I feel so sorry for her now. Yeah. It's like, oh gosh. And I know you've interviewed your mum and sort of what her perspective would have been like. I can't even imagine. But I think that because I just thought that they were, it was normal to have, have self-doubt and you saw on movies and in magazines that like, you know, a lot of teenage girls can go through those mm. sorts of feelings. So I just sort of swept it under the rug. Yeah, you'd read like Dolly and Girlfriend magazine. It would be like nine ways to have, you know, more confidence or nine ways to you know, make your body look smaller or like all these things. So you're like subconsciously taking in a lot of things, even though, like you said, you know, great support system growing up. Yeah. There are still ways that we are being told that we're not good enough without being told we're not good enough. Totally. Yeah. So it's interesting. And we just internalise it somehow. Yeah. Was there something like when you think back and, you know, you said that you had like the the body image issues, was there certain things that, you know, you had the biggest issue with? Um, I remember thinking that I was fat, white and hairy as an 11-year-old. Oh, my goodness. Which is so messed up. Like, you know, no 11-year-old kid should be obsessing over their body in that way. And now at our age, when we think about an 11-year-old. Yeah. Like that is such a small child. Yeah. Like to be thinking, I'm so sorry for your 11-year-old self. Yeah, I often say that to her as well. (laughs) You know, speak to my younger child. It's like, you're okay, you're perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, it was very – I know definitely in our sort of generation that was super common. Yeah. (laughs) But horrible. But, I mean, obviously that was, you know, in your younger years. Did that continue on as you entered your, like, latter years of teenagehood? Well, I was really fortunate enough to get a scholarship to go away to boarding school. Oh. Which was incredible because I think – you know, being trying to be studious at the country school that I grew up in, it was sort of like very uncool to want to do anything like whether that was in music or academically or in sport. It was like, you know, tall poppy syndrome, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not cool issue. to do well at anything. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah, yeah. Just sort of slink under the radar and don't be good at anything and just muck around at school. So okay. then I was lucky to get out of that sort of environment. And then instead I was at a school where it was really cool to be great academically and really cool to be in drama and at sport and like in choir and do all the things. And I was like, oh my gosh, I found my people. (laughs) So I was, yeah. And then it was suddenly, and I guess it wasn't all girls environment. So there wasn't any, you know, I wasn't as worried about my appearance in the school context because you were there to learn and you were there to grow. And I think then I valued myself more for other things. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really great. That's that whole like, your environment really, you know, affecting you. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And you were able to sort of go into that school where you were able to flourish 
in that environment and that's I'm like just so happy that you were able to do that (laughs) yeah me too yeah and made great friends and I'm sure that you know I still of course had self-doubt and Mm -hmm. still would compare myself to others and you know still had body consciousness body consciousness issues Mm -hmm. but um not at a level that held me back at all okay yeah that's good so that was for high school yep yeah and then yeah, did really well at school and went on to study teaching at uni. And then after on went through, you know, a year off for sea kayaking and did some amazing things at uni with like environment groups and found a really amazing core group of friends and like found my passions and interests um, and through university. So I love that. And then after uni, um, my partner at the time and I were going to travel around Australia and do the whole van life thing. Awesome. Um, but bring, being a broke uni student, I was like, well, <laughs> I need to go somewhere where I can get money. Right. So step one was to go and do a snow season at Perisher, which was cool. incredible. Yeah. Um, Had you ever skied or snowboarded no, before? No. Snowboarded? <laughs> yes, snowboarded. Right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even though the job criteria for my snowboard photography job you know, included that I needed to be a proficient snowboarder. So I was like, oh, good, yes. Uh, make yeah, it to yeah, make yeah, it. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> tick that box and deal with it when we get to it. Yeah. Um, but I'd skied <laughs> before but I'd never snowboarded. And being someone who was already hard on themselves and already had a lot of self-doubt, mm-hmm. it was pretty difficult to be having to learn on the job under pressure because I literally had to be able to snowboard to work. So right. that probably wasn't the best scenario for me to be put under, well, under my own pressure. Yeah. Like I must learn, you know, I could have just like got on some skis and had it come back to me like muscle memory from year nine camp, I'm sure. But yeah, no, I had to do the high pressure option. And it was like to the point that I would go and do my photography work and then I'd pack up the camera, take off my perisher uniform, like, and pack a whole separate ski jacket so that I could, like, snowboard back down slowly in my own casual clothes, not wearing perisher uniform. And have oh. people, like, laugh or point at me oh. or be like, look, she's a learner, she doesn't know what she's doing. Oh. So, yeah, that wasn't the yeah. best. It was a bit stressful. I know what it's like, though. Like, I'm super hard on myself when I'm learning something new. Yeah. Um, was it? A, weekend, a couple of weekends ago, a friend of mine, Matt, I doubt he listens to this, but if he does, I'll give him a shout out. <laughs> um, he goes bouldering yep. or rock climbing indoors and he invited me to go with him. And I was like, oh, yeah, it looks like fun. And, you know, I had to really fight myself when I walked in because it was like a Friday night and that place was packed. Mm. It was like, I don't know, 7.30 on a Friday night and I was like, surely no one will be here. And it was slamming in there so because I'd never been before I had to like sign all these waivers and then show them that I could like fall correctly if I was going to fall off the wall and I did that but even that was already starting to like trigger me because he's like standing there watching me and there's all these people upside down on the wall and I have to do this little thing and then afterwards, I really had to talk to myself in my head and encourage myself to, like, actually go up and try different things. And he was very encouraging and yeah. showed me which ones to do and tried to help me and I was laughing. And at the at the start of that, I, like, it really was hard because in my head I was, you know, starting to do that self-talk of being like, um, you know, you're you're not you're not good at this, and everyone's looking at you, and you know they're all really good, and yeah. like realistically, no one was watching me yeah. except for Matt, who was encouraging me. But it's that thing of like 
we can be so hard on ourselves when we're learning a new skill. And I had to just really try to rein that in and be like, imagine if you were a child and what would you say to that child who was trying something for the first time? Yeah. Like where does it come from that we expect to like just try something once and be great at it? Yeah. Like we need to be a lot more kinder. So I, I, that was totally all about me. Sorry. But like, no, I completely I get resonate it. with that. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever tried climbing before? Yeah. No, of course. And I've had the same things <laughs> yeah. and the same hissy bits in front of friends. I'm like, yeah. I'm not doing it right. I'm too bottom heavy. Yeah. <laughs> and then like I'm climbing up and they're like, oh, you've got to stay on the same colour. Yeah. And I was like, but that's not as fun. Like, why, <laughs> like there's a, I'm on the, I don't even know what colours they wear. This, uh, I don't know purple one or a blue one or whatever and I was like yeah but if I take this one and I can go over this way and I can get up a bit higher on this one and they're like that's that you're doing it wrong you're climbing the rainbow which is apparently an unknown term and I was like yeah but shouldn't it be about being fun yeah to be a professional climber guy yeah why is there rules in your recreation time (laughs) I'm like I'm embarrassing you aren't I (laughs) climbing the rainbow yeah by the end of it I certainly didn't care but it's that whole thing about, you know, learning something new. And, mm. like, when you talk about, you know, taking that extra jacket and switching it out, that's something I definitely would have done. Yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> because I would be like, everyone's looking at me and I've got the jacket on. And so I get that, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Even, like, when I was a teenager, I was in this regional netball academy. So it's like I've been chosen to represent the region. I've clearly had some skill mm-hmm. and yet like the feedback from the coaches in, you know, I don't know, like a halfway through they gave this sort of report and it was like Elise just needs to work on her self-belief and it was like far out, like that that was what was holding me back. Yeah. It's so frustrating to look back on. It's like, wow, I just need to believe in myself more. I was fine physically. I was competent. Mm. Yeah. And this is like just shows us how important that self-talk is. Yeah, massive. And like how aware of it we really need to be. And by changing the self-talk, how far we can actually go. Yeah. I just, yeah, obviously that's been a huge part of my, like, journey. But, yeah, that's, a you know, if you're netball coaches for this, you know, you've been chosen to go and they're saying that it's just that self-belief that's holding you back. Mm. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also exciting because it's like, wow, think of how much we could achieve. Yeah. And what we can achieve now that we're aware of that. I it's like, know. oh, we can actually control what our brain says to us. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> yeah. And we can tell exciting. the brain to shut up when it's being mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, what we, I guess, like, the, the signs and symptoms that you noticed or how did you know that maybe there was something that wasn't quite right? Well, at that snow season, um, the living situation I had wasn't amazing and it was the first time living with um, my partner at the time and I don't really cope well with the cold either. I get like same girl, these same yellow girl. <laughs> numb fingers. It's called Raynard's disease or something. Oh. Anyway, I get like bright yellow fingers and my, I've got crap circulation basically. Okay. And I wasn't coping well and the job itself, you'd work by yourself in the day. So I was sort mm. of standing there alone, getting numb and cold and sucking at snowboarding at the start and hadn't found like my people Mm -hmm. and so all of this kind of manifested in me getting really sick so I actually one day came home from the snow and I was just like shaking I couldn't stop shaking and I was like I'm not really cold like why am I shaking and anyway eventually um my partner took me to the hospital and I had a kidney infection oh my goodness yeah so I guess and I wholeheartedly believe that it's because my mental space wasn't in a great 
place mm-hmm. and it impacted my physical health. Yeah. But, yeah, it had sort of this infection had gotten up into my kidney and then the, that was like I don't know what the symptom is called where it makes you shake, but, yeah, apparently that's like a symptom from it. Okay. So, yeah, it was night in hospital, my first time overnight in hospital and like intravenous antibiotics and oh all the goodness. things. And after that overnight stay, they did, you know, some scans and things to see what was going on and they found cysts on my ovaries while I was there. And so I was like, oh, I'm actually not doing very well. Yeah. And I remember, oh, they said to just, you know, follow that up with a doctor when I got back to SA because it'd be easier with our health system from being mm-hmm. from here. And I remember like one night my auntie called who's very wise and very lovely and very intuitive and she just called me for some reason. I don't even know why and she was asking how I was going and I said, oh, not really great, you know, haven't really found my people, not really loving it here and, um, you know, snowboarding's not as easy as I thought it was going to be <laughs> and I've gotten really sick, all the things. Mm-hmm. And she was like, maybe you just need to be back by the ocean. Maybe you just need to have a, a break back at the beach. And I just like burst into tears. <laughs> it was Aww. just, yeah, I think it just like hit a chord so much. I was like, yeah, this isn't my place. Like this isn't yeah. the path I'm meant to be on. And yeah, it just some, all of a sudden hit me. The wrong ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. And the the social life, which you've probably heard or a lot of people, the listeners have probably heard about the sort of the ski season, like you're not there to make money, you like earn money to, for drinking money. And okay. And it just wasn't my vibe. Like I said, yeah. you know, I like adventuring and I like the hermit life, but it was more there to make friends. You had to be, you know, out every night of the week drinking. Okay. And one, yeah. I couldn't afford that, but two, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I just didn't feel like I fitted in with that sort of social life. Yeah. Interesting. And on that, like, you know, you were saying that you feel like, you know, what was happening in your mental health had then affected your physical health. Mm. There's a book, I don't know, have you heard of Louise L. Hay? Yeah. Yeah. So have you, you've looked at, you can heal your, you can heal your your life. Life. Yeah. Yeah. And in that, there's a section of that book where it is like it's got the symptoms and you can sort of look at look up what the symptom is that you might have and it will sort of give you the corresponding, like what's the cause of it. Yeah. But it will be not something that's physical. It will be something that's, you know, mental, I guess. You know, it's because, you know, I've got a sore throat because I'm not speaking what I truly believe as yeah. an example. I don't know if that's the no, actual that's thing. No, that's actually because <laughs> that was me. I was literally seeing a speech pathologist at the RA because I was losing my voice all the time. Yeah. And, yeah, and then in that book it said, you know, you're not speaking your truth. And, and I ended up leaving a job that I was in there and leaving that relationship that I was in there. But for a while I was like, no, I always speak my truth. I'm really confident in that. And then mm-hmm. meanwhile I was losing my voice and not knowing why. Yeah. So that's been interesting. I know that, of course, there's always, you know, lots of physical reasons yeah. that people are unwell and I'm not trying to put this on to the listeners of like, you're just doing something yeah. wrong in your brain because that's not always the case. No. Totally fair. But I think that in my case there have been a lot of um, situations where I've noticed that connection between the mental side of things and then the physical manifestations of that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So would you say that that time at that snow, that was sort of your your lowest point? Yeah, I think so, especially when it got to the point of being in hospital overnight. I was like, oh, I'm actually not doing very well. Yeah. Obviously, then you came back to South Australia. And as you just mentioned, you um, went obviously went to the doctor here and, you know, figured out, uh, well, you'd already figured out what was wrong. But then how did you go about you know, getting help or what steps did you take to start, um, you know, getting yourself back on track? 
Well, after the snow season, um, coming back to SA, I did actually see my doctor to follow up with the cysts on my ovaries. Yep. And they had completely disappeared. What? Yeah. So I know that, as I was just saying, you know, there's a lot of physical reasons why some people can struggle with these health conditions for the long term. But in my case, it had miraculously cleared up. And this is months later when I'd finally gotten onto it. But can that just happen? Yeah, apparently. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've like spoken to some other friends who've been in the wow. same situation where they and I, yeah, I couldn't really explain it. But in the meantime, between that snow season, I then went back to South Australia. I moved to Port Lincoln with my dream job working on shark boats and snorkel guiding. Yes. I had like my dream crew of friends and we were all like adventurous and would mm-hmm. go surfing after work or would go like walking in the national park and mm. there were like live gigs all the time and it just felt like I had my people, I had my dream job. I was yeah. eating a really great diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I was vegan, but all my levels at the time, like I'd see the doctor and they're like, oh, you're perfectly healthy. Like Good. I just felt like I was really thriving. And so, yeah, it was interesting sort of seeing that contrast um, between when I felt out of alignment and then when I had my community and my dream job and my passions and hobbies and just how my health improved as well. Yeah. But um, after that I moved to Townsville and upon returning from Townsville, a whole heap of things happened in my life, like my relationship ending, my parents' relationship ending, mm-hmm. and um, some co or not colleagues, some friends of mine had people in their life commit suicide who were quite close to me. So it had, it was sort of like this big shift of all these things happening at once, and I needed guidance around that. So I did see my doctor and got on a mental health plan, and so that gave me psychology appointments, which was amazing. So good. Um, And did you find that fairly easy, that process for yourself? Yes. Seeing my doctor and speaking to her about it was very easy. I had a really good relationship with that doctor. Mm -hmm. And I know that she was always really good at getting to the root cause of issues. She wouldn't just gloss over things and be like, here's a pill, carry on. She was really good at getting to the root cause of stuff. So when I'd started talking about things I was struggling with, with, um, you know, my parents break or relationship breakdown and my own relationship breakdown and and the suicide that had happened in in um, people near me, it yeah, it was really great that she was hot on to like writing up a plan. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, the first psychologist I went to did not gel with whatsoever. Yeah. Um, there was no chemistry between us. Um, it was a much much older male who it felt like he was just sort of biding his time until he could retire. Mm-hmm. And he was just like fishing out like judgments of things. I was saying, I'm like, oh, gee, that doesn't sound too good. And I just felt like, hang on, that's not helping me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was a bit frustrating. But I was fortunate enough to feel confident um, to speak to my friends about my experience with the psychologist and also really grateful that they were comfortable enough to share with me their mental health journey. And um, a school friend that I caught up with told me that when her parents broke up, she saw this particular psychologist and she really recommended her. So went and tried that out and it was amazing. Like we clicked right away and Mm -hmm. um, she was quite spiritual but also like very scientific in her approach and um, always just felt like a really calm, kind, considerate listening Mm -hmm. ear when I spoke Mm -hmm. and she helped me a lot. That's so so good. And like um, just going off of that, I just want to say like to anyone who is maybe listening and maybe they've gone to see a psychologist or a counsellor or anything like that, 
And, you know, this can happen that, Mm. you know, you just won't gel with somebody or the vibes aren't right or it's just not the right fit for you. And that's okay. And it's okay for you to say that and to find somebody else to see because, like Elise has just said, you know, the next person she saw, that was the right fit. Yeah. So, you know, if there's no point in forcing it, you know, everyone has different personality, everyone has different energy, and just don't give up. Absolutely. Go for that next person, um, you know, go back to the doctor and ask for somebody else or ask your friends or ask around. Um, recommendations are always good. Yeah, and it is great that the stigma is slowly mm. becoming less in that people are now more likely to speak up and share the, those sorts of experiences. So, like, it's really good that I felt comfortable, you know, a few years ago to talk to those friends and say, hey, here's a psychologist I saw. Do you have any experience? Whereas maybe a decade ago the space wouldn't have been as welcoming for that type of conversation. So it's really great that, you know, things like yeah. this are sort of opening up the dialogue where it's more normal to talk about seeing a psychologist or a counsellor mm-hmm. or being on medication or whatever treatment plan you're on and seeking advice and being yeah. able to get peer support around that. Definitely. And I think there was something else, wasn't there, that the doctor discovered when she did your blood tests? Yeah, uh, she was doing, yeah, blood tests, genetic um, testing and saw mm-hmm. that I have what's called the MTHFR gene or um also commonly known as the motherfucker gene because <laughs> it, sorry for swearing, um, it can be associated with mental health conditions. So that was kind of interesting. So then she gave me, you know, this sort of slip to pass along to my family members because it's like, yeah, a genetic, genetic. inherited thing. Yeah, yeah. so um, that was quite interesting. And even though she couldn't really say whether or not it was being expressed mm-hmm. in me. Um, just, it was there. Yeah, it was there. So apparently the gene, it's like associated, it's a mutation associated with high levels of the amino acid homocysteine and carriers tend to have lower B12 levels. So, yeah, yeah the doctor just pres- prescribed the um, a vitamin yeah. by Methylmax, um, sorry, by bioceuticals called Methylmax. So it's just a natural supplement. It's got yeah. folate, B-group vitamins. So um, that apparently helps to lower those raised homocysteine levels and reduce the risk of developing depression as a result of the gene, which is just fascinating. Like So interesting. Yeah, and again, how cool that, you know, this is only a sort of new thing, like being able to do blood testing and look at your gene profile. And so that's pretty cool that that's coming about in the space now. But, yeah, I was like, oh, I've got the motherfucker gene. What does that even mean? (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, mum and dad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that's kind of cool to just like, know that that's there but like it doesn't necessarily have to express anything and just to make sure that my like vitamin levels are all cruisy and happy as a preventative thing yeah yes yeah just like I said so interesting that they can identify that yeah yeah so outside of seeing the doctor and then after that the psychologist Mm -hmm. you are also seeing a coach or has that been more recently yeah that's been quite recent so um over the past sort of uh year and a half now I've um had a coach in Talia Pretty so shout out to Talia I'm mm-hmm. happy to drop her name because I yeah. highly recommend her you can put her in the show notes yeah too. yeah she's great <laughs> so yeah I was think I'll speak about her later about how she yeah. um has mentored me as well but basically having a coach has been great for my mental health maintenance because not only is she like a business coach but she's also a life coach so it's sort of combining the two together and her I guess 
process is that you can't really succeed in business if you've got these blocks in other areas of your life. Like you need to be thriving and abundant in all areas of your life. And um, I want that balanced approach in my life. So it's been great for just that mental health maintenance in that I'm accountable to somebody. Um, She's happy to give like suggest other tools for maintaining my mental well-being. It's not just you know, with the approach of like grind, hustle and do these strategies and send these emails. It's like very holistic and looking at rest and looking at how to calm the nervous system and looking at what foods are really great. Um, So it's been a very holistic way to approach business Mm -hmm. and just having that person in your corner. Yeah. And someone that you can, again, like having the psychologist, but it's different because we can speak about, you know, more strategies specific to business. But having someone in your corner that you can share those, um, you, whether it's your limiting beliefs or fears or whatever with, and they're there to not just be like a friend and say, you know, pat on the shoulder, you'll be okay, mate. It's like, she's actually there like, okay, where's this coming from? Where's this stemming from? Let's like tap into where this belief has started or let's tap into reframing that or let's like journal for 10 minutes right now to get that all out and burn it. Like whatever, she's always yeah. got a strategy for yeah. So it's not just sitting and dwelling in the thought. Like I have had friends say that they've had counsellors or psychologists where they'd sort of feel like they would uncover all this heavy stuff but then not have any way to process it. Mm. Whereas Tali has been great for, you know, I could have some heavy stuff come up but then she's like, okay, like, yes, make space for that, like sit with that but now it's like, all right, here's what we're going to do about it. Mm -hmm. So that's been really helpful for me. That's so good. And I think, you know, I'm hearing more and more people who are, you know, having the services of a a life coach or a business coach, but more so with the life coach, you know, if you think about, you know, it's just a a lot of accountability there. And like you said, having somebody in your corner, Mm. it's the same way, you know, I look at it, you know, I have a personal trainer because I've got goals that I want to achieve in the gym. So I pay someone who has a higher knowledge than I do about that. And I love that. And I think it's the same, like I I feel the same way about having someone as a life coach or a business coach because why would you not want help if you can afford it and, you know, there's people that have those services, why would you not, Yeah. you know? So, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's becoming more common definitely or maybe it's just the circles that I'm in as well. So Yeah, I think I did (laughs) read somewhere (laughs) about like the fact that, you know, coaching is like the new sort of middle management in terms of like careers. Mm. It's like that new booming thing of that people looking at uh, to either get into coaching or they're looking for coaches themselves. And yeah, but yeah, I do find that it's a really valuable space if you get the right coach. I know there's a lot of people out there that are maybe just jumping on it as a new career option. But mm-hmm. if you can find someone who you really resonate with and really yeah. aligns with, and they've been able to achieve what you want to achieve, then absolutely pay them. They're your shortcut. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, also, I suppose, you know, you know, what you do in your business, that has also been very good for your mental health as well, right? Yeah, yep, definitely. So, yeah, it's kind of cheating because I get people to come and they pay me, but really it's my own mental health maintenance <laughs> because I want to be outdoors in yeah. nature. So it's all about connecting women back to themselves, back to one another and to nature and to First Nations culture and understanding as well. So all those things are wonderful for, yeah, obviously the physical health. If I'm taking women paddleboarding, kayaking, bushwalking, Great benefits yeah. to their physical health um, and to me as their guide. But um, obviously also their mental health. So being out in the fresh air, literally being amongst nature is good for our mental health. Mm-hmm. Connecting with other women and feeling like you're part of something bigger, mm-hmm. taking like proactive steps for your health. Like it's all great for your mental health and being able to just like talk. They're like the discussions that happen in some sessions 
between strangers. Yeah. You know, it's like the real talk happens really quick. It's not this surface stuff. It's like, oh, we're out in nature. We're out of our comfort zone. We're all strangers. And the real talk can happen quite quickly, which is also good for mental health. I love that. And um, also like spiritual health, like being amongst nature, it's sort of where we belong. Like essentially we're animals. So mm-hmm. I find that's really good. And, and connecting to First Nations cultures and having that deeper appreciation for the environment is that sort of tending to that more spiritual health as well. Definitely. Which is, you know, and great for people of all different faiths and religions. Um, yeah. We can all sort of connect and agree on like that reverence for nature. Yeah. I think like that ho- the whole piece about like being outdoors mm. is just so important. Yeah. Because if you look at what is quote unquote normal for people who are living in, you know, in a first world country like Australia, we spend or the average person would spend the majority of their day inside. Yeah. So you've got fake lighting, you've got recycled air coming in and you're not getting any vitamin D, right? So there's just so much that we're not getting in our regular day-to-day life. And when I was living in Indonesia, it was the flip of that. Mm. So I was spending probably 80% of my day outside in the ocean, in the pool, in the sunshine, on the beach, etc. And someone actually asked me the other day if they if I thought my mental health was better or worse there or here, like if yeah. it was better there. And 100% my mental health was better when I was living in Indonesia. Yeah. Yeah. And being out outdoors all the time. And even like even though I can say that and I'm aware of that, you know, it's coming back here and living back here, I still have to remind myself to go and spend more time outside. Yeah. And I think you shared an article the other day about it. Do you remember? Yeah, just about the fact that, you know, doctors are now sort of prescribing time in nature because we're not getting enough of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all the benefits that that has to physical health. And there was even a, an amazing woman who I can't quote her right now, I don't remember her name, but she had suffered a brain injury and went down this her own research of finding solutions because she wasn't satisfied with the treatment she was getting from her doctor and medication wasn't working and nothing was healing. So she literally just like prescribed herself to go out in nature and she was just doing walks in nature. And eventually she like healed and recovered from her brain injury. And she was just like, hang on, why isn't this everywhere? Why isn't this like the standard treatment? Like, and, and is this just me or is this for everybody? And she went down this whole path of researching the brain yeah. and um and how it can heal because of nature and and that's the same for the rest of our health as well mm-hmm. because it can seem so like oh wow fascinating like science to back that it's good for us to be in nature <laughs> but it's always like no shit <laughs> we're animals we're yeah. meant to be in nature all the time yeah and I've even got a friend Ken Long shout out to Ken from the um, <laughs> Adelaide Sustainable Building Network ASBN. Um, they do some amazing work, a group of architects, like sharing new knowledge, skills and science and design around buildings and how um, it can be more sustainable and better for humans and for the planet. And, yeah, he was talking about, like, how biophilia and the benefits of seeing green spaces, you know, in urban environments, it's, like, partly just literally seeing green things and seeing mm-hmm. growing things is good for the brain, but it's also you can't just have, like, a, you know, a beautifully manicured rose garden. Like, we're meant to be seeing ecosystems interacting like you're meant Mm. to see the bird go and feed from here and you're meant to see the bee collecting pollen from here like seeing it interact is really good for our brain okay yeah which I found quite interesting that is so interesting yeah so not just like 
yes, sitting on our grass in our little courtyard is good for our yeah. mental health, but like what's even better is being in real nature, it's like yeah. seeing ecosystems interacting. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I have to look that one up. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, green prescriptions is a thing. So yeah, yeah more doctors are starting to prescribe green time. Amazing. Yeah. And also um, I think you said that like the, the connection piece, right, that's been good for you as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm obviously meeting people like yourself as mm-hmm. my customers and, and – Such wonderful yeah. people. <laughs> so it's like like-minded women who are wanting to have that sense of connection and sense of community and mm-hmm. the more that I can then encourage women to be connecting back to First Nations cultures, like, even better, I think that that's something that is totally undervalued in our society. Like, yeah. there's so much knowledge and wisdom right here that's nowhere else on the planet. It's the oldest living, continuing cultures in the world. Yeah. We've got so much knowledge and wisdom sitting right here that I think we should be celebrating a lot more. So I yeah. love connecting people with that. But also then by having people connect to nature and having those positive experiences in nature, they're going to give more of a shit about nature. Yeah. So that's also like another little personal mm-hmm. thing there is that I want more people to be advocates for nature and for the environment because without a healthy planet, like none of us are healthy. So. No, that's it. Yeah. No, I like that as well. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> I care about the planet too. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's wonderful. And I think, you know, when you look at what we've just talked about, you know, you are doing a lot of like a lot of things to take care of your mental health and some of them are just like subtle everyday things that you're doing but that's wonderful that they're subtle everyday things that you're doing to take care of yourself you know yeah definitely over this journey and over this time who have been the most influential people for you um well obviously I've spoken about Talia pretty already but yeah she's definitely been very influential in helping me to become even aware of limiting beliefs that I've had. Mm-hmm. Like I sort of said, I just used to think that my thought patterns were like perfectly normal, like everyone has self-doubt, everyone like hates their body, that's normal. Mm-hmm. But now being an adult and having Talia in my corner, she's helped like shine that spotlight on like what limiting beliefs I really did have that I wasn't even aware of and being able to reprogram them. So I don't think I would have ever been able to start a business without that backing or to be able to, you know, run retreats, which I have now and to be able yes, to like you did. win grants, which I have now. Yes, so, you did. Yeah, it's been like really <laughs> exciting and a big period of growth for me, Yeah, which is great. And the first time that I met her was actually on a, well, we went to university together, but I went on a yoga retreat that she was hosting a couple of years ago at the start of 2020. And I thought that it was just going to be like a weekend of like, oh, just like some self-love, like relaxation, treat yourself, do some yoga, it'd be nice. But it was actually like really transformational. Wow. So, yeah, I think she's been um, a huge sort of role model and a big part of my journey. Incredible. Anybody else? Yeah, I'd definitely have to say Matt Waller. Shout out to Matt, who was my boss um, on the shark cage diving boat over in Port Lincoln. Was that the one that I went on? Yeah, yeah, you came with Adventure Bay, right? There's a sticker on my laptop. Yay, Gold Adventure Bay. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, so shout out to the Shark Warrior crew. Um, Adventure Bay was the love of my life for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Sharks um, are amazing and anyone incredible. who says that they aren't is wrong. We need them. Apex need predators them. keep mm-hmm. the ecosystem in balance. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that job was awesome. It was like a bait-free charter and we took people swimming with sea lions and mm-hmm. diving with the sharks. Too. It yeah, was the best. Yeah, it's beautiful over there. But how was he influential for you? 
Well, obviously he was a great role model when I worked for him because it was like, wow, like successful business owner and he has the family and he has the house and he has the social life and he's like a hockey coach. And so, yeah, I definitely like aspired to be like Matt when I worked for him. But then a couple of years later when I was working as a kayaking guide in Adelaide and then COVID happened and I lost shifts and I wasn't getting job keeper at the start and I'd mm-hmm. I'd put in something I'd put something negative on my Instagram story of like oh poohoo when you can't get job keeper blah 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 and he calls me up and he's just like what are you doing I was like oh yeah here's the situation and he said just start your own and I was like business yeah oh I was like what what are you talking about he's like start your own start your own business I was like I can't. <laughs> and he said, why? I was like, well, I don't have any money and I don't have a, a business degree. And he's like, you don't need a business degree. <laughs> and he said, he's like, yeah, you need some money, but like just invest a little bit at a time. He's like, I would literally invest in you, but you won't need it. Just like, just start small. Oh, I was like, wow. okay. Oh, really? And then that kind of like, yeah, started the wheels in motion of researching how you start a business. I was like, oh, you don't need a business degree? Oh. (laughs) I just assumed, like, I didn't really have anyone in my circle who had started their own business. Yeah. So it just wasn't even in my realm of thinking. Mm -hmm. It was like I'd studied teaching because my family were teachers. I didn't (laughs) even think of business. Yeah. So, yeah, that was like a catalyst. That's like such a great encouragement. Yeah. And, like, I do, like, I resonate with what you're saying because, like, even when I went to, like, you know, when I started the podcast, I was like, well, I can't start a podcast. I don't, I've never done that before. Yeah. I don't know how to use microphones. Yeah. But until I had then people in my corner saying, of course you can do it. All you've yeah. got to do is put one foot in front of the other. Baby steps. Yeah, totally. So that's great. I'm so glad that you had that encouragement. Yeah, me that's too. that's how we met. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Yeah, no, exactly. Thanks, Matt. I need to like thank you more often. I've actually written him a card that I need to send. Oh, I to say, you like, have to thank do you. it on the to-do list this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Going to send it to Matt. Yeah. Yeah, so that was like, yeah, as I said, like a big catalyst in me even starting Enliven. Mm-hmm. And I would also have to say my ex-partners because I think that like everything in life happens for a reason or for a season, as they say, and I think that you know, all the experiences we have either help us to direct us into like the direction that we really want or to show us contrast of what we don't want to help, you know, get clear on our path, what we do want. Yeah. So like I had experiences in all my past jobs where it was like, oh, this could be better suited to women or like, oh, the females aren't really like taking as much courage in the cage or on the kayak as the the males are. And so like all those experiences have made me think, actually, I want to make a space that's just for women. Yeah. So yeah, I think And with my relationships, like, you know, in one, obviously my first partner at the snow, he sort of was with me through all those low points when I was unwell and had all that self-doubt and he still loved me through that. So I'm going to be like forever grateful for that. And Mm -hmm. then my next partner, like definitely shifted my money mindset because my, before that it was sort of like money's bad, money's evil, Mm -hmm. rich people are all greedy and bad. And Mm -hmm. I just like had all these limiting beliefs around money in my subconscious that I again, like didn't even know, Mm -hmm. but seeing him grow his business to being really successful and employing like 10 staff and having an abundance of assets and wealth that really shifted my money mindset. And it's made me now believe that now that I've seen it, it's like, oh, I could achieve that too. Like he's built that from the ground up. Like I could do that too. And that it's not, you know, greedy or evil or bad to want to be able to be um, financially secure. And so that's been 
yeah, a really beneficial part of that relationship. So, um, yeah, I'll always be grateful for those experiences with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good mindset to have as well. Yeah. You know, these people come into your life for a reason or a season and, (laughs) you know, it's nice to be able to look at it like that. Yeah. Because I don't think everyone can. So I love that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think that relationships are a great catalyst for growth because mm. you can get triggered and tested in ways that you didn't even know would trigger or test you and it mm-hmm. forces you to look back at yourself like, oh, well, why? What does that mean about me? Like why mm-hmm. is that triggering me? So, yeah, they're a great catalyst for growth for sure. Yeah. What do you wish that you could tell your younger self now with all this wonderful knowledge that you have? I think that even though... In hindsight, like, yes, I think that those beliefs that I had are, it's very common for teenage girls to feel Mm self-conscious and to have self-doubt, but also that it's not, you know, you don't need to be diagnosed with depression to be worthy of help. Mm -hmm. You know, like, even though I never felt like I was depressed and I always felt like I had supportive parents, which I'm really grateful and privileged to have had, I would tell my past self and anybody else, any other Mm -hmm. teenage girls having that self-doubt or having those negative, you know, body images to to know that they are totally worthy of help mm-hmm. and that they are it's totally valid for them to seek help and to speak out or to you know whether it's talking to friends parents sport coaches mm-hmm. school counselor doctor about those thoughts and not just fob them off as it's normal I'm just a teenager this is a thing that's meant to happen because it doesn't have to be that way you don't have yeah. to suffer through teenagehood and of course hormones are going to do different things but I think that being supported through that and having, you know, people like I have in my life now, like close friends and and coaches that can call me out on when my brain's talking BS, to have that as a teenager would have saved me a lot of hassle. So much. I (laughs) wish I had that too. Yeah. So I think just like knowing that you don't have to be diagnosed with depression to be worthy of help and that if you're struggling with mood regulation or like feeling regularly low or regularly unhappy in your life that... Yeah, definitely seek out for help. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess also because Talia has been so beneficial for me, like, yes, I think acute cases of mental illness, I absolutely, you know, speak to your doctor, see a psychologist. If you need medication, go on medication. But I think that for a lot of people they could get some benefit from getting a coach like we talked about just to help, you know, find your core core values, find out Mm -hmm. what programming in your brain is holding you back and Mm -hmm. helping you to take those scary steps out of your comfort zone. Good. Yeah. How do you think that we can better support our, like, family or friends or our loved ones who might be going through a bit of a tough time with their own mental health? I think, well, personally, I had a lot of benefit from doing the Mental mental Health First Aid course that you organised. Yes. So if you're not aware, (laughs) Lisa did a bunch of fundraising (laughs) and um, paid Breakthrough to host, which, and Breakthrough is an amazing mental health Mm -hmm. research foundation based here in Adelaide, And they put on an incredible two-day mental health first aid course. So super Mm -hmm. comprehensive, like two days. How awesome is that? Yeah. And um, there were heaps of sort of opportunities for scenarios Mm -hmm. and watching videos and doing some role play. Yeah. Yeah. And getting comfortable with, you know, if someone's coming to you for help, like getting comfortable with asking them if they're, you know, at risk of suicide. Yeah. And getting comfortable with like helping to talk somebody down who maybe maybe they've got like schizophrenia or, mm-hmm. you know, what you can do to support people in different scenarios where 
before that I might have just like thought, oh, that's a bit scary. I'm not a professional. Yeah. I shouldn't be the one to, yeah. yeah, which is a very common, you know, thought pattern that people have. And we did the course together, yep. which was really nice. It was awesome. Two days spent together with the wonderful John Mannion, who yeah, is the thanks, CEO John. of Breakthrough Foundation and also South Australia's Mental Health Commissioner. So, like, we were trained by the creme de la creme. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's just, yeah, about getting comfortable, about having those conversations or knowing what signs and symptoms to pick up on and knowing that you don't, have to be the one to fix it yeah you know you're you're not you're not the professional you're the person who can you know see see the signs and then broach a conversation and help that person to get help yeah and um actually this episode will come out the day before are you okay day so that's um you know a nice little tie in there as well so um, if you have noticed someone, you know, don't be afraid to have that conversation. You know, obviously pick a good time and a place um, and be aware of your own um, mental health and make sure that you're take caring, taking care of yourself. But, you know, reach out to that friend, you mm. know, reach out to that loved one, ask them how they're doing. They might say that they're okay, but also listen to your, um, listen to your gut mm. and ask again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was great that that course really combined the theory with the practice. Yeah. And like, yeah, hearing about what's a sort of safe scenario to be broaching that conversation, like where's some common ground and yeah. And even if it is just like encouraging them to book that appointment with their GP or, mm-hmm. you know, refill that prescription or whatever they need to do and it made something that can be quite scary of like, oh, I'm going to be bringing up mental health with this person who's struggling. What am I going to say? It just mm-hmm. made it like really normal and comfortable. And so, yeah. yeah, I'd really recommend doing a mental health first aid course if you haven't already. It's vital for anyone. Like I know yeah. obviously in my role being a guide in the outdoors, it like naturally brings some big conversations yeah. up sometimes. Like people are suddenly like, oh, I've stopped from my busy rushing life. Mm-hmm. I'm now one-on-one with a woman who's genuinely asking me how I am and sometimes things can just like come out. And yeah. so I think in the past I would have been quite afraid of like what am I going to say but now I feel confident that I have the tools to be able to have those conversations with clients. And Amazing. Yeah, but honestly you don't have to be an outdoor guide or a counsellor no. to do this course. Like anyone can Literally do it anyone. and benefit from it. 100%. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> All right. So looking back now with hindsight, how do you feel about this path that you've been down? I feel very grateful, super grateful. I would never have, yeah, as I said, I thought I was going to be a teacher. I didn't think I was Mm. ever going to be guiding women outdoors. And I think that all the, you know, like I said, I've never felt like I was at a crisis point, but all the little struggles that I've had along the way have all helped guide me to forming this business, which is getting people back to mm-hmm. their mental health, physical health, to nature, to one another, empowering women and, you know, so that they hopefully will then have daughters who don't have the same self-doubt that we had when we were teenagers and all these pieces of the puzzle that have mm-hmm. helped guide me to this path that I'm currently on that I'm so happy about. Yeah. So I'm just really grateful for all the experiences that have sort of led to this point because yeah, all the, like, even my uni degree, some people say, oh, aren't you sad that you studied a double degree and you're not even using it? But I'm like, but I am using it. Yeah. Like, there's no way that I would be, I wouldn't have gotten any of the jobs I had without those degrees. And it, 
I wouldn't feel as comfortable being an outdoor guide without having PE teaching background. Like it's all yeah. totally relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So very grateful. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> Cheesy, but it's true. No, it's true. It's, it's nice to be able to look back and, and be grateful like that. Yeah. All right. So how can our listeners find out more about Enliven? And is there some exciting things that are coming up? There are. Thanks mm-hmm. for asking. Mm-hmm. So um, I've actually got some nature festival events coming up. So the nature festival runs from the 6th of October to the 16th. So if people are interested in checking out not only Enliven Outdoor Adventures offerings because um, I know that a, lot of, a lot of the listeners are female but a lot aren't. Mm-hmm. So Enliven's day-to-day offerings are for women only but we do private sessions for all genders too. Mm-hmm. But if you are wanting to look at other businesses that are offering similar opportunities and tours and products check out the nature festival because it's for all ages all genders and there's something for everyone on the program when does that so that's 6th to the 16th of october okay and during the nature festival i'm going to be co-hosting with Gemma rose brooks some beautiful mindfulness in nature activities called walking in plain air so that'd be beautiful it's out in uh, onkaringa national park like a guided bushwalk with some mindfulness along the way and Gemma, who's an award-winning artist will lead us through a watercolor painting session so cool yeah really excited about that one yeah um and also yeah if people want to follow things sort of day-to-day i'm just enliven e-n-l-i-v-e-n outdoor adventures on instagram and facebook and um, enlivenoutdooradventures.com.au and you can sign up from the email, sorry, from the website to the email list if you'd like mm-hmm. and that way you'll sort of be kept in the loop with things because I'm definitely in a, like a product development phase. There's lots of new things coming out. Um, just ran the first Wilpina Women's Weekend with my colleague Sarah. Mm. Yes, yeah, so that was really beautiful. Yeah. Um, it was focused around bushwalking, yoga, breathwork, meditation and glamping mm. yeah. <laughs> at Wilpina Pound Resort. So yeah, just found out that we've gotten some support from the South Australian Tourism Commission to put that out on World Traveller, which is Wonderful. like yeah, international platform. So yeah. watch out for more um, sort of in this space of running retreats. Definitely. And, yeah, obviously, as I said, the most of my sessions are for women only, but if you're interested in getting your work team along or your sports team along to come for a private paddleboarding session mm-hmm. or a team building session, send me an email, send me a DM on Instagram because, yeah, the private sessions are open to all genders. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So obviously if you are not in South Australia, (laughs) it might be a little bit tricky to join on on one of the events, but I definitely recommend still going in and following the accounts um, because every Wednesday we get was it hump day hacks? Hump, hump day hard skills. Hump, that's it. I knew I was going to get that wrong. Hump day hard skill um, reels that Elise makes, and they are very helpful. Oh, so good. it's like, what ones have you done so far? It's been putting up the tent. Did you do the tent one? Yeah, how to hammer in a peg, how to type yeah. your hiking boots, how to put a sup board on your roof racks. Yeah. Just random little things because a lot of my posts, the content is kind of like the soft skills, using yeah. like quotation marks here, of like the soft skills of the outdoor which is, you know, the team bonding, mm-hmm. the confidence, the getting out of your comfort zone, all those like sort of emotional and interpersonal skills. They, it's sort mm-hmm. of called the soft skills. And then the hard skills doesn't mean it's difficult to do. It's just the practical skills. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm hoping to get some more things on there about like how to hook on a trailer, how yeah. to like navigate with a compass, just like the practical tools you need for the outdoors. Yeah, I yeah. love them. The videos are very entertaining as oh, well. Oh, thanks. That's good. <laughs> I'm going to try and get more 
people on board to be models for me because it's often just like me filming myself and it's just like, yeah, but, oh, here's Elisa the selfie again. Oh, but. I like it because it means we get to connect with you in it though. Yeah, so thanks. I like it. And because like I started the business wanting it to be about like inspiring, creating opportunities and lowering mm-hmm. barriers for more women and girls to get outdoors. So this is sort of meeting that tick of like, that inspiration piece and lowering the barriers. It's like mm-hmm. knowledge is power. If you can literally just be shown on a quick reel how to use a compass, it's something like, oh, that's not so scary. I could do that myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, side note, um, me and Elise were talking the other week and I was like, do you know what? I want to learn how to play golf because, like, I visit <laughs> golf courses for work and there's like there is a ladies day but there is a lot of men there and I was like do you know what not just because of that but it's a nice little outdoor activity I want to learn how but like way too intimidating to just like walk in and be like hey I don't know what I'm doing can you help me yeah <laughs> so we're gonna do like a driving range or yeah, something like that I good. think yeah and I'll you know I'll probably have to talk myself off of like being like, oh, my God, everyone's looking at you and they're not. <laughs> I think that's a good thing about it being a women's only activity. Mm. Like we did a women's learn to sail a couple of days yeah. with Adelaide Sailing Club and same thing. Like often women feel too like intimidated or they've never had the opportunity or they don't know the contacts to like get into mm. sailing. So it's like, okay, we'll create this space where it's mm-hmm. we've got some women coaching you mm-hmm. and it's all female so you're not going to, you know, look too silly. It's not going to be competitive. It's just like for fun. Mm-hmm. And then everyone just gets in there and has a go. Yeah. And the same with the paddleboarding. Like often um, customers will come to me saying that they booked because it was women's only because they felt too self-conscious to, you know, be up on a board with their wobbly bits, as they say, or like yeah. getting their legs out or falling in the water and they feel comfortable to do it with a female garden in front of other women. So it's been really beautiful to see those people that might not have tried those outdoor adventures otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It's I really cool. That. Yeah. Also, a little birdie told me that you're up for a local business award. Would you like to tell us about that? (laughs) Well, maybe Lisa nominated me, which was so lovely. So thanks, Lisa. She's nominated me for the SA Woman Awards Emerging Woman. And so it's like for a business that's under two years of operation, which I just snuck into. Um, The first tour was in January 2021. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I found out I'm a finalist. Yay! Which is exciting. Very well deserved. Yeah, thanks. So I will also put the link up for this. So you can all, after you've listened to this wonderful podcast and fallen in love with Elise, you can also then go on and vote (laughs) for her um, because we're going to the awards night together. Yeah, that'll be good fun. I know. (laughs) So I want to see her walk away with that award. So you can all go on, you can all go and vote for her and then you can go and leave the podcast a five-star review. So you can look after both of us while you're there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's where we'll wrap it up unless there's anything extra that you want to add that I might have missed. No, but I'll just share the little tidbit of advice or the Mm -hmm. reminder. It's things that everybody knows, but that, Mm -hmm. you know, nature and the outdoors and all these wellness tools that can sort of, you can put in your toolbox of um, mental health maintenance. They're for everybody. It's not just if you've had a mental health crisis and they're free. Things like your breath, things like nature, things like exercise Mm -hmm. and yeah, and connecting with other people. So there's free ways to do all these things if you're not ready to book on a retreat with me just yet. There are so many free tools literally at our fingertips. Just try and get yourself out of your comfort zone to have that beach walk you've been meaning to take or to call that best friend you haven't spoken to for ages or to Mm -hmm. just go out into Kaibo Forest and do some breathing. 
just mm-hmm. these things that are free but are so invaluable and can have a big impact. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I love listening to your absolute passion coming through tonight and I'm sure that everyone is going to love listening to this. So thank you so much again for coming over on a Friday night to record with me. Thanks for having me. (laughs) And guys, please make sure you check the show notes because all of the ways that you can find Elise and vote for her will be in there. And I will see you next week. Doi! If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Even better, if you know someone who might benefit from listening to it, please tell them all about it. You'll find more information from today's episode in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on High Tide, Low Tide, please email me at Lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A, at hightidelowtideau.com or DM me on Instagram at high tide, low tide AU. See you next time.